0: talking about habits and we're talking about um the habits that we have and the habits that we need to develop and some of the habits that we need to get rid of one of the habits that we need to develop i believe as a church is that we need to be greater witnesses amen amen we need to be greater witnesses we need to tell people about the good things that god has done for us the assurance that god has gave us amen do you have that insurance The insurance that, you know what, when we leave this earth, that we know where we're going. That's something we need to tell people about, amen? It really is. We need to tell people about the assurance that we have found in Jesus, amen? Well, we started into our new series last week talking about habits. And here's the thing. All habits are developed. The very name habit means something that you've developed. And every one of us has habits. Some of them good. Some of them not so good. Some of them that will benefit your life. That will advance your life. Make your life better. Some of them that take from you. Some of them that destroy your life and make your life worse. Here's the thing we have to develop good habits. Amen. Eating well, exercising, they're good habits. Smoking, drinking, picking your nose, they're bad habits that really do nothing for you. Amen. Only get you a name. Amen. <laughs> Good habits will bring you good results. Bad habits will be of no benefit to you. In actual fact, bad habits can be harmful to you. But every one of us, me included, has some habits. We all have some habits. Some good ones, some bad ones. You know, I want you to think about it for a minute. For most of us, we kind of live in a Groundhog Day type of life. Now, have most of you seen that film Groundhog Day, where one day repeats itself over and over again? It's a fantastic film, one of my favorite films. But I was thinking about this, and I think that most of us live in a Groundhog Day type of life, where tomorrow morning, most of us will do exactly the same thing as we've done last week. The alarm clock will go off at the same time. We will get up at the same time as we did last week, we will eat the same breakfast. How many of us eat the same breakfast all the time? Day in, day out. We will get ready, we will go to work. We will go and do our work. Usually our work will be fairly repetitive too. What we did last Monday, we will do this Monday. We will send the kids off to school. We will collect the kids from school. We'll, a lot of us, we have a Monday dinner plan. What we make every Monday and have done since the foundation of the universe. And we'll do it until God takes us home most of us live in that kind of groundhog day type of life where we just keep on repeating ourselves day after day, week after week. You know, studies have found that, that over 40% of what you will do in your day, you will not do because of a conscious decision, but you'll do because it's your habit. Have you ever been going through your day on a Monday, we'll say, for example, and at 3 o'clock... Try to remember, I know I did that, but I can't remember doing it. I mean, you got to work. You're sitting at the desk in the office or wherever you work. You're sitting in school, and it's three o'clock, and, and you have this conscious awakening going on in your mind. And you think to yourself, it's like your first waking moment of the day. You've come out of zombie mode. And you think, I know I'm sitting here and work, but... I can't remember driving myself here. I can't remember getting to where I am here today. That's because studies have said 40% of everything that you'll do in a day, you'll do because of habit, not conscious decision. So here's the thing. If you have something in your life that's not benefiting you, some habit that you do, that's bringing you down, what we want to do this year is we want to change those habits so as we can see different results. Amen? How many of you can think straight off of something that, you know what, I do that, and I don't like doing that. I need to get rid of that. You don't need to show your hands. I'll show my, ha- I'll show my hand, two hands for all of you. Amen? Praise God. If you don't like the results, you need to change the habits that got you that result in the first place. Amen? When I went to school, I was used to that Irish. Do you know why? Never studied it. Never read it. Never wrote it. Never listened to it. So all through my grades in school from third year right through to sixth year, I was like this are my results. Never changed. Never went up. Never went down. You know why? I never changed the habit for the five years I was in school on trying to improve my Irish grade. If you don't like the results, got to change the habit, amen. You know, you're you're not here today by accident. You're here today because of your habits, amen. Your habits got you here today because you're in the habit of getting up on Sunday morning and going to church. It's a habit that you've built up and it's a great habit, amen. Amen. Do you know what the definition of stupid is? Do you know what the definition of stupid is? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's like eating cake seven days a week and expecting to lose weight. It's like watching TV for nine hours a day and expecting to get fit. The definition of stupid is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Amen. Amen. Church, even infants. Infants learn very quickly that a square peg will not go into a round hole. So why do we, as mature people, I say that talking of myself, why do we supposedly mature people continue to do the same things over and over again and expect different results? It blows my mind, amen? Thomas Edison, fantastic inventor. Fantastic inventor. Thank you, Thomas, for these lights. Thomas Edison had this great idea one time. He decided, you know what, I want to invent a a thingy that I can stick in the ceiling that will light up my whole room because I don't like these candles and I don't like these lanterns. So he set about to invent what we know today as the light bulb. The first time that he tried to invent the light bulb, it didn't work. And Thomas, being the smart guy that he was, when he went to try the second time, you know what he did? He changed the formula. He said, the first time, okay, I put in this gas and I put in this element and and that didn't work. So he said the next time he was going to do it, he changed the gas and he changed the element. And you know what happened? It didn't work either. So for over a thousand tries, Thomas Edison made changes to the way that he did the thing the previous time in order to... Get a different result. Amen? What he didn't do is he didn't learn the first time how it didn't work and said, you know what? I really thought that would work that way. So I'm going to try it again. That's not what he did. He didn't do it that way, did he? Albert Einstein says that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. If you don't like the results of your habits... You gotta change your habit. Amen. If you want different results, we gotta form different habits. Do you know Jesus was a person of habits? Jesus was a person of habits. And we're gonna talk about three different habits that Jesus had this morning. The first habit that Jesus had was that Jesus was a person who took himself away and prayed. Jesus was a person who prayed. Amen. And that's a habit that we need to develop, amen? It's a great habit. And if Jesus did it, then it's something that we need to do, amen? amen. Jesus took himself away to, to pray. Matthew 14, verse 23, and it says, And Jesus sent him away, and then he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Mark chapter 3, it says Jesus went up on the mountain again. Luke chapter 5, it says, it says uh, in verse 16, it says that Jesus frequently withdrew himself to the wilderness to pray. Uh, it says over and over again, all throughout the scriptures. It talks about Jesus taking himself away to pray. Luke chapter nine. About eight days, in verse 28, it says about, about eight days after Jesus had said these things, He took Peter, James, he took Peter, John and James and went away to the mountain to pray. It was a habit of Jesus to pray. So much so that the disciples came to him one day and said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Why did they do that? Because they saw that Jesus was a man of prayer. And that when Jesus prayed, he got results. Amen? I believe. That one of the most difficult habits for you and I to get into is making and creating a habit of prayer. I believe it's one of the most difficult. At least it was for me. And sometimes still is challenging for me to make space in my day to pray. Because we all get up with great intentions. I'm going to spend time with God today in prayer. I'm going to give God some time. I'm going to press into God today in prayer. I have things I need to pray about. And then we, we end up at, at 11 o'clock, going to bed that night, and all of a sudden, this great conviction came on us that, oh, wait a minute, I didn't spend any time with God today. I didn't spend any time in prayer today. It's not because we, 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 we made a decision that we weren't going to. It's because we couldn't find some time in that day for us to pray so we need to develop and create this habit of praying and spending some time with God. You see, I used to struggle this way big time. With all great intentions, I'd go into the day saying I was going to spend time with God and then I would end up not spending time with God until I realized that there was this part of my day, every day, that I had that I should be, instead of doing something else, I should be spending in time on prayer in worship to God. And that was every day I'd spend 15 minutes in my car going to work and 15 minutes in my car coming back to work, from work. And what I used to do in this time, I used to listen to the radio. I would get into the car in the morning. The first thing I'd do is I'd turn on the radio, listen to Radio 4 or something in the morning. Just, and I'd listen to that all the way into the work. When I was coming home from work, I'd turn the radio on again and I'd listen to the radio for that 15 minutes again until I realized that that was a place that I could spend in time of prayer and worship towards God. So what I did then is I developed a habit. From that day, I said, listen, when I get into the car in the morning, instead of me turning on the radio, I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. And I did that. And I still do that today. If I'm in the car on my own, or even when the family is all together in the car, we spend time worshiping, and we spend time in prayer. Because that's how I ended up Developing a habit of praying. And that's a habit that we need to develop. Amen? I don't know how that looks for you. I I don't know what your day looks like. I don't know what your Mondays through Saturdays look like. I don't know how you spend your time in, in, in prayer to God or whether you struggle too. But let me tell you carve out a time of the day. It is there. It is there. I know we're all busy. I know we have busy lives, but there is a time in every day that you can carve out and spend praying and worshiping God. Amen? Amen. Another habit that Jesus had that we need to have is that Jesus never missed going to synagogue. And we should never miss going to church either. Amen? Luke chapter 4, it says there in verse 16, it says, And Jesus came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was... He went into synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. You know, Jesus never missed going to church. Never. And neither should we. We should make every effort in our day on a Sunday not to miss church. You know, Angela and I have been together now this year. We've been together 30 years. And in all of that 30 years we've been together... I can only remember a handful of times that we never did church on a Sunday. Last year, we had a couple of days with the snow in first week in March and third week in March. And we didn't get church that day. We were snowed in. Everybody was. Um, Rebecca, she was born on a Sunday, Monday. Monday, Angela went into hospital on Sunday morning. We didn't get church that day. I remember one other time when we happened to be away on our holidays and for some reason... I can't explain we didn't get to go to church on Sunday. But in all of our 30 years through this church and through other churches and the church that we were raised up in, we made a conscious decision when we got together that we would put God first on Sundays. And I know, hey, listen, I know that's not easy. I know we live in a very secular society. We live in probably in, in Europe. We probably live in the, in the most difficult country in Europe for people not to be able to get Sundays off. I mean, every other country on mainland Europe shuts down on Sunday. Nothing happens on Sunday. Even in the UK, they have four hours of retail on Sunday and that's it. In Ireland, it's free for all, you know. It's free for all in Ireland. You can open your business in Ireland on Sunday at 7 a.m. and close it at 9 if you wish. So I understand the difficulties that there is now, today for people, working in all areas and all industries to try and and get to go to church on Sundays. But here's the thing, make every effort. If you're caught in a job where your boss wants you to work on Sunday, you need to know. You can ask him. You can tell him. Now listen, I'm a believer. I go to church on Sunday. I need to be, be in church on Sunday. In actual fact, it is your constitutional right in Ireland to be in church on Sundays. We have the right to practice our religion. And if you say to your boss, I need that hour. I need that hour and a half on Sundays to go to church. Then they can schedule you around it. I know many people who have their Sunday work scheduled around going to church. I did it for years. And you can do it too. But you need to make that determination that I will not forsake the gathering together because that's what I do. That's who I am. That's what I need. Amen? regardless of what society tells you. If you end up in a position that you just can't get out of it, if you're just in that kind of a position where you can't get out of it, you need to know that every Sunday at 11 a.m. our service goes out live on Facebook. Every Sunday evening at 6 o'clock our service goes out live on Facebook. Every Sunday morning after our service here, our service goes up onto YouTube, goes up onto our website. You really have no excuse for not being able to at least attend church even in your own home or even on your lunch break to be able to, to connect in to what's going on in church. Last year when we had them two big snowfalls in March and when we didn't get to have church on Sunday was the first time that we here as a church in many years broadcast a, a Sunday service for people to watch. We had so many people connecting in with us. Even today, even this morning, we've had so many people from all over Ireland and all over, over the world connect in and, and watch the service here with us in church online. And I want to remind us that if, at all, if you can't, if you physically can't, that's where you need to be. You need to go online. When we had that snowfall last year, what, what did we do? We sat at home that Sunday afternoon after we were doing the church here, uh, on our Facebook Live. And then we, we went on to YouTube at home, in, in our own home, and we watched maybe two or three services that Sunday afternoon. There's so many church services online. If you go on to YouTube, Church Live, they're all there. You can watch Life Church. You can watch Lakewood. You can watch Gateway. There's so many. You can watch Beltway, our own family church. Beltway every Sunday online at, I think, 2 o'clock and then again at 4 Belway are live on their website. You can tune in for worship and service. We really have no excuse. Amen? Amen? In this generation, 20 years ago, that wasn't possible. Amen? 20 years ago, that was not possible. If you didn't get to go to church on Sunday, that one, that was it. Only Thursday this week, I went down, I visited with Toss. And I visited with Toss on Thursday. I brought him a brand new Blu-ray player and a disc with two church services on it. With worship, with the message on two two church services that we have, and I showed him Stephanie how to work the player and I said to him on Sunday morning when we're having church now, you just stick that in there and you press play and you worship along with us until such a time that you can come back and be a part of what we're doing here. We really have no excuse, amen, not to develop a habit of not missing church. Amen. Another thing that we need to develop the habit of doing, and I believe every one of us need to develop this habit, is in the area of giving. We need, to develop, we need to develop this habit of giving. Luke chapter 6 there says in the New Living Translation, it says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back. I've often told you before, from the first day that I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was told to give. It was kind of like, you know, when when the word was shared with me, it was kind of like they felt that the next most important doctrine for me to get a hold of was given. Now, let me tell you, it's not. Amen? There was a load of other things they should have told me first. But they did. And when they did tell me, I thought, okay, if that's what God wants me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And even when I was still going to the Catholic Church, because I just got born again, I was still going to Mass for several years after I come to know Jesus, because I really didn't know anything more. We had no teachers in them days. We had no instructors. We had no one to come and put our arms around us and say, hey, listen, let's teach in this sort of stuff. That was a long time ago. Thankfully, today, things have changed. But even then, I started to give. And we had nothing. Nothing we hadn't. We were preparing to get married, and we were saving everything we had to get married. But yet, when I was told that God requires me to give, I started to give. And not like I used to give. Because when we used to go to Mass... Rummage around in your pocket, and the ex Catholics here will understand what I'm saying. You'd rummage around your pocket for a few loose coins that you'd have there, and if you'd seen a couple of silver ones, you took them out and you put them back into your pocket and you threw the rest of them in. That's what we used to do. I served Mass for years as an altar boy. The first time I ever saw a note in a Catholic offering was one Christmas, it was a five pound note. I was like saying, Look, there's a fiver in there. Because that's the way we as Catholics were taught to give. You gave the stuff that weighed the least. Amen? And you certainly never gave anything that was of paper. Church, we need to learn to be givers. Amen? I learned that day, 26 years ago, when I came to know Jesus, I I was taught to give. And I've given ever since. We have made it a point in our lives that we are going to give regardless. Now, I know you can look at me and you can say, that's easy for you to say because you're given out of having a lot. I don't have a lot. I have very little, but I give anyway. And I can tell you this morning that what I have, I have because I give. Yeah. Amen? Because God has always been faithful to me. Yeah. I shouldn't live where I live. I shouldn't have the home that I have. shouldn't have anything that I have based on what I've earned because you know... I worked in Duns for years, and you, you don't get paid well there. Amen. Just in case you didn't know that, if you're applying for a job there, they don't pay that well. Amen. For we see, we need to develop this attitude that, regardless of whether I'm in lack or regardless of whether I'm abounding, I still need to give. We need to get rid of this Irish attitude of tipping God, of rooting through your pocket for the coins taking out the heavy ones. We need to stop that. Amen. We need to start giving God, giving to God. Amen. We need to start giving to God. Amen. Because it's all his anyway. Do you know that? Yes. There's nothing that I have. Nothing. Right down to my shoelaces that don't belong to God anyway. Everything I have is his. And anything that I'm going to get from this day forward is going to come from Him anyway. I'm not that smart. Amen. I'm not that smart to be able to work things out myself, to be able to make a whole heap of money. Amen. I'm not that smart. And neither are you, probably. You are great. But I don't believe there's any of us that smart that we can make our fortunes outside of God. I believe we all have to rely on Him. I have to rely on Him every Monday morning to wake me up, to get me out of bed, to give me the strength to be able to go and to make my living. And so do you, amen? When you wake up tomorrow morning, it's not in your own strength that you wake up. You wake up in His strength, amen? Amen? Now, people will argue this with you. They'll say, hey, listen, tithing, that's Old Testament. We don't have to do that. And you know, I could stand here and argue that point with you, but I'm not going to. Because I believe that anything that people done in the Old Testament under the law, we have a greater covenant in Jesus. Amen? Under the law, people gave. Under the strength of the blood of bulls and goats. How much more should I give, or you give, in this new covenant that was bought for us under better promises? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So I am not going to allow someone underneath the old covenant that was bought under the blood of a bull or a goat outgive me in the new covenant when I'm sitting underneath the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So I'm not going to look for excuses. And I mean, if you want to look for excuses, you'll find them. You'll find them. Talked to a guy the other week who, 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 who wanted to talk to me about Jesus and And I sat down and I talked to him. And and as I talked to him, he looked for every excuse in the world not to believe in God. He said, well, religion is, you know, you wrote the book as Christians. So, you know what, you manipulated to say what you wanted to say. I said, do you even believe Jesus existed? Well, I believe you created Jesus. I said to him, you know what, there is more uh, secular evidence for the existence of Jesus than there is for any other character in history. Amen? I said, atheists even believed that Jesus existed. So you see, if you want to find an excuse for why not to give, you'll find him. No problem. But I'm not looking for an excuse, amen? And neither should you. Don't look for an excuse not to give, amen? Give and it will come back to you, Jesus said. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's good enough for me, amen? As soon as Jesus says, give... (laughs) That's enough for me. Amen? And Jesus was a giver. You know that? Do you know Jesus was a giver? Do you know how I know Jesus was a giver? Because the word of God said that, that Jesus fulfilled the whole law. So if Jesus wasn't a giver, he wouldn't have fulfilled the whole law. True? Because the Word of God says that if you fail in one part of the law, then you fail in all of the law. So then if it said that Jesus was the completion of the law, so in order for Jesus to be the completion of the law, meant he had to be a giver. Amen? So why would we, church, new covenant believers, seek to do less than anyone underneath the law? Church, we need to develop this habit of Giving. Amen? We, As Angela said this morning, we took it out of our own hands. Thank God. Because I'm forgetful. I have people ask me all the time, would you do this for me? Will you do this for me? And I say, absolutely. Yeah, no problem. I'll do that for you. And I forget. Angela asks me to do stuff and I forget. I don't not do it deliberately. I just forget. I, I can, we all forget stuff. Amen? And I could forget to take out my money to come and give. So a number of years ago, I set it up online. I said, Lord, you know I'm forgetful. You want it. You take it before I get it. So that's what I do. I set it up online. And let me encourage you. That's a great way to give if you want to give that way too. Amen? Church, we need to develop habits. If you're not happy with the results that you're seeing today, change the habit. Amen? If you're not happy the way your life is today, Change the habit that got you to where you are in the first place. Church, we need to develop a habit of praying. We need to find time in our days to pray. Find it; it's there. Amen. Maybe it's like me. Maybe it's in the car. Church, we need to develop a habit of always being here in church. Praise God, you're here. I'm preaching to the crowd. Glory to God. But if at any stage we, we, we really can't or we find ourselves in a position where we're backed into the corner, know that you can watch your, the services online. I'm not saying that that's what you should do. we, we should be here. But never miss the opportunity to be in church. And church, we need to develop the habit of giving. Amen?